Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live, non-stop Leafs talk starts now. What's going on, Toronto? Another off day for the Leafs. They're back in action on Thursday night in San Jose. It's the Wednesday edition of Leafs Morning Take. Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Rosie, how you feeling on this hump day, my man? Oh, not too bad, man. Ready to get going again. Obviously, the boys probably licking their wounds a little bit. And uh, looks like they would have been nursing a hangover yesterday by the way they played. But uh, looking forward to San Jose here and seeing if we can take advantage of them after uh, a uh, good loss to, to Vegas. So That's a long-ass hangover, if you ask me, considering they went out probably, what, Saturday and Sunday. You're getting in probably, what, well, 12.30 local time in Vegas on Saturday. They had a big stretch of time to do their thing on the strip. When you're on the road um, and you come off a loss like this, obviously you want to jump back into action. How much does it stink just dwelling on a loss like that the other night? Yeah, it's what you'd expect. It's so much nicer to have those couple of days. I mean, you're there. Every meal you eat is with the guys and the coaches and GMs are all around. You see them in the lobby of the hotel and... You're, you're trying to, you know, fill your day and stay active or get some rest or whatever the heck you're doing. And when everyone's, when everyone's happy and it's, Hey buddy, how's it going? What are you guys doing today? Like everyone's happy because you just won. And it's like, yeah, we know what we're doing and we're building on that for a couple of days here. Enjoy, enjoy the time off. Maybe you can get a tea time somewhere. And you know, if you guys go golfing and like things are just better, but when, when you're coming off a loss, you know, practice is longer, it's harder. Um, you come back and Hey, after lunch in the, in the hotel room, we're going to do, you know, downstairs in the whatever room, we're doing some video and we're going to break down the game. So you got to go do that for, you know, a period of time. And everyone's just like, God, it's got to be better, got to be better. And that's just kind of the vibe on the road. So just as you'd expect, life's better when you're winning and and certainly not as good, especially with that team when you're when you're losing. Remember to subscribe, smash that like button, leave us a review. Don't forget to check out theleafsnation.com for the very latest happening here in Leafsland, and there's a lot happening. We're just seven games in. They're 4-3-0, 1-1-0 on this five-game road trip. Next stop again, San Jose coming up on Thursday night. Let's get over the boards. All right, Rosie created topic number one here. Mark Giordano um, has been a success story, I would say, uh, you know, specifically at the age of 39, but he's really, really elevated his play since Jake Muzzin went down, eh? Yeah, I just, I just like Gio. I watch him out there and he's just, he's just so reliable, right? He's, he's in the right places. He's never scrambling around. Um, He provides that, that solid defensiveness every time you know, there's a breakdown or a bad pinch or an odd man rush or a missed assignment, you know, you don't really see number 55 being the root cause of it. I mean, 
you look at what he gets paid, $800,000. You try and go get me a defenseman who can give you that for $800,000, I'll give you all year and I'll say good luck. Good luck filling that hole. Yet, the reason I like to bring it up is because people bitch about Geo. And, oh, he's old. And, oh, he's downhill. And, oh, he's not the Norris winner anymore. Well, no shit. He's 39 years old. But he has won a Norris. So he has that forever. You have that ability to do that. That's experience. That's, you know, mentally you understand what it takes to do that. You still have that, whether the body's still capable or not, is irrelevant. You're getting paid $800,000 to do what he does, I think he's the biggest bargain on the team. And that doesn't mention his his off-ice leadership qualities and abilities to to lead that team and to take some of that off John Tavares and to have that veteran presence in the locker room. I just don't think he gets enough credit. Um, power play, penalty kill, he can block shots, he can bang a bit, and he just positionally sound, and he can play with anyone. And, you know, he can jump in with a guy like Hull and try to, you know, negate some of his mistakes and and try to take yeah. some pressure off him and, and get him in some of the right positions by following Gio's lead. And I just don't think enough is said about him, like plus five rating and seven games played where there's been some goals scored against these guys. Not everyone's a plus player and he just seems solid. I don't care if he's scoring tons of goals or putting up a shitload of points just for a, for a guy on the back end for 800 grand. God, he's a good bang for, for your buck with this team. And no one talks about I it. I could... I could not agree more. I, I think when you look at the early season, the fact that nobody, I, I don't know who's talking on your timeline, but I don't see much in terms of Mark Giordano conversation online. I think it's a good thing. Like I I think he's the type of guy at this point in his career, you referenced he's 39. He's not the guy who's going to win the Norris anymore. But still, I think a very serviceable guy on this back end, especially on this back end, and, and just in terms of leadership, you know, his style, his brand, the way he plays, like, I think he brings a lot of intangibles to the table. And and to that point, like the less you're hearing about Mark Giordano, the better it is for the Maple Leafs. And I, I think he's been a tower of power. I think he's been really, really steady, especially thrusted into an elevated role now with uh, Jake Muzzin on the shelf. Muzzin, by the way, placed on IR or LTIR, I should say, on, on Tuesday. Cal Clifford goes down, by the way, injured reserve. I don't know what happened. I didn't see it the other night against uh, Vegas, but he's on IR now. They call up Philip Kroll. Dare I say they're missing Timothy Lilligren? Uh, we did see at practice on Tuesday for the Toronto Marlies in the AHL, Lilligren and Jordy Ben were skating. So that's a welcome sight because I think you have to find a way to get Justin Hall out of the lineup. And I'm just, I, I'm just being bold about it. Like there, there's no other way around it, Rosie. Justin Hall should not be in the NHL right now, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I try not to knock on guys too hard um, yeah. and and be that media guy who's just slamming guys left, right, and center because it's so easy to do. But in sure. fairness, you know, that number three has caused, you know, some pretty vital plays throughout some of the losses that they've had this season. And and they're ones that they, they're, it's not typical ones of, of an NHL defenseman. It's a panicky, just wing it backhand, not take the time to get it to your forehand or to protect the puck or to eat it or buy some time when you're not sure what the play is and a pressure situation, just yard sail it up the center of the ice and and it ends up in the back of your net or you're a bad pinch or you're chasing and you're causing, you know, two on ones. And it's just it's just been not the best play for him at all. And I agree with you. You you want to get some of these guys back um from IR, especially Lily like it's would be nice to get him back in the lineup, um, see what he's got this year and Maybe he can kind of offset some of the problems that they have on the back end right now. And like you say, it's 
guys are going down, but at the same time, it's nice to see guys starting to come back because when you start to get them on the IR in bunches, you can start running into some problems and they're kind of walking that line right now. But like you say, some guys are starting to skate and come back and all you can do is hope that they inject something positive into that lineup, especially on the back end. I love how you already have a nickname for Lilligren. He hasn't even played a game yet. It just shows me the type of guy you were in that dressing room. You just had something good to go at all times. So Timothy Lilligren could be closing in on a return. And I'm not trying to rip on Justin Hall. I'm just calling a spade a spade. He he, he has not been good. And that's not me yeah. going on my hottest hot take of all time. He just hasn't been good. Like he's fighting the puck. He's fighting the game. And quite frankly, him and Pierre Engvall, I do not know why they're still in the Maple Leafs lineup. But again, I'm not the coach of this team. Speaking of which... Playing for playoffs, are they taking the regular season for granted? I understand it's seven games into this season, but it's been a less than inspiring 4-3-0 start through seven games. Again, the switch likely will be will, will, will be shifting the other way, and, and they'll start to, to get on a bit of a heater here. But uh, I haven't been impressed. Have you at all? Well, they're starting to creep towards that 500 hockey, which isn't good enough for this roster, and and they know it. But uh, you know, for for some of the losses they've had, they've also had some some convincing wins, and they're they're capable of playing some solid hockey. And you know, they could easily you know be five and two, and and it looks a lot better on paper. But you know, you're in the middle of coming off a loss, and you got a couple of days to think about it. So. Th those thoughts start to creep into our heads but within that locker room I'm telling you they're not they're not taking the regular season for granted like I think that stuff that we talk about and Twitter talks about and the media talks about where all oh, these guys all they care about is the playoffs because that's the only place they've been struggling but every team you take an 82 game season you start off in training camp and you kick it off those 82 games are just designed to keep trying to move forward and put building blocks together. You're trying to constantly make your team better, make them more consistent. You're tweaking power plays. You're tweaking four checks, X's and O's. You're trying different things. You're injecting different things into the lineup. You're constantly doing video and talking about what works, what doesn't. And and by the, the whole goal of this is by the end of the season, come April, you hope that those building blocks are in place enough where you've got a well-oiled machine and you're ready to go in and do some damage in the playoffs. And nobody on that team you don't make it to the NHL. You don't play hockey your whole life and, and be that stupid to think, yeah, we'll just mail it in here and then show up in, in April. It, nobody thinks it works that way. And they're all smarter than that. Does it look like it sometimes? Yeah, say what you want, maybe. But no one in there is actually mailing it in for the regular season. Losing sucks. Every day that you're with that team and you're not you're not winning is is not even close to as good of a day as if you're winning. So it's just easier life when you're winning. So I promise you they're trying to do that. But you're going to take steps back now and then. And they're just, like I said, trying to put the building blocks in place to uh, to be able to really power forward and find that right that right recipe to, to, to start really rattling off some wins. Look, I get where you're coming from. I totally do. But they, they always seem to have that do not give a fuck attitude. And it's been a thing for X amount of years. Even in the Stanley Cup playoffs, it's like, yeah, this is game one of the playoffs. Where are you at? Where's the motivation? Where's the urgency? Where's the energy? It's just that like laid back approach that I think Leafs fans have seen way too much of in, say, the last decade where it doesn't matter who the opponent is. You're going to get the same type of team come out. And I understand, again, we're just through seven games to this season. But the lack of urgency is scary for me. I don't care if it's game one. I don't care if it's game 83 to the season. Just bring it consistently. I know every team early on in the season, Rosie deals with consistency one way or another. 
But that's sort of my biggest takeaway so far in the early season. On any given night, I just have no clue what Leafs team is going to show up. Yeah, I agree with you. I know what you're saying. It's it, it's the frustrating thing about this team because you know it's in there and you know they're capable of it because they're good games. Take the Winnipeg game, for example. I mean, exactly. why did they win that game? They just they came out guns blazing. They came out with yeah. energy, effort, and intensity, and it was just ah, 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 wave after wave of fucking trying and going and, and just running at it, and every guy was just inspired. And then you watch them in Vegas, and they're just like – like no one decides to try to turn that on. It's like you have to do something different. Everyone's kind of playing their game and, and hoping, oh, I hope this works out or I hope I hope we score this shift. I hope something happens to me that, that's good. I hope I get a break. I hope I get a bounce. I hope I hope. And it looks like that. And, you know, the easiest thing you can do that you can control is your effort level and your energy level and your intensity and how hard you bring it. And I know what you're saying. Sometimes you watch this team and you're just like, fucking do something. It's been two yeah. periods of nothing. Like someone do someone fucking sometimes it, that's why that fourth line I've always said needs to have a different, uh, a different look to it where they're capable of inspiring the team by running someone, dumping it, working your balls off and saying, this is what it fucking looks like. Now you do it. And then that, top line gets out there and starts you know playing inspired hockey but I agree from top to bottom sometimes this roster I'm just like is anyone gonna like try something to to to, to win this game or are we just gonna keep yeah. doing this and then sometimes they just keep doing that for three periods and we're left frustrated as hell I, I'm just looking for a sign of any pulse whatsoever I get it's hard to get up for games it's the National League the Stanley Cup playoffs are all that matters but I think they're sadly mistaken if they think they're just going to get there because you look at the Atlantic Division and we're going to have we're going to try to do a roundup of the Atlantic Division every Wednesday or Thursday and again we did it last Wednesday so we'll look at the standings so far to me the biggest surprise and more so because of their injuries Rosie it's the Boston Bruins right and you've had some battles with that team uh, we showed uh, one on yesterday's show. You're about with Milan Lucic, but Boston always seems to defy logic, right? You look at that roster, you look at how many injuries they've had, and yeah, they're they're first in the Atlantic. It's like, oh, hum, here we go again. It, it really feels like the last dance. Patrice Bergeron's getting older. Brad Marchand's not even healthy yet. David Krejci's back in the mix, but Boston does not skip a beat. Jim Montgomery's done a great job so far. Yeah, I agree. Like, I didn't, uh, you know... I didn't have them pegged or really on the radar to uh, to do much damage. You kind of thought middle of the pack kind of thing. And then you see them go down with some pretty key pieces uh, being injured. And then you look around and like they're six and one and they're three points clear of, of second place from, from Florida there. And, you know, to to really start to pull away with, you know, uh, a depleted lineup is, is pretty impressive. And I don't think it's something that a lot of people um, slated them for right now. Um, you know, good on them. I mean, they've been putting up the points and they've been playing consistent and they can only potentially get better once their lineup becomes, you know, fuller with, uh, with guys getting healthy. So, you know, obviously they're, they're the ones to, uh, to attack right now and everyone else is a little bit clustered there, uh, towards the middle of the pack, but, um, you know, Florida, uh, or sorry, Ottawa senators, they're, uh, quietly hanging around and you know it was tough to see what they were going to do this year if they were going to be solid or, or continue their ways of of mediocrity but yeah it's starting to kind of take shape you know we're approaching 10 games into the season and uh yeah. you know starting to see who's got it and who's doesn't and yeah the, the one that stands out for sure is those Bruins with like you say a depleted lineup and still just kicking ass
Again, it's early, but again, you look at this division, I, I think it's right there for the, for the taking. You look at the Florida Panthers, I think they sacrificed regular season success to have more success in the Stanley Cup playoffs by picking up Matthew Kachuk. And so far, that's pretty much been the case. That, that was an ugly loss last night against the Chicago Blackhawks. And I know it was really hard on Toronto last week for losing to Arizona. I would be also equally as pissed off if they lost to Chicago. So it's going to happen every team, as you like to bring up on last week's show, and I get it. I just think you look at this division specifically. I think first place is up for grabs. I think the Leafs have the potential to win the division for the first time. I think Tampa is going to do their thing. They're going to coast. They look like a vulnerable team for the first time in a while. I watched the majority of that game last night against the Los Angeles Kings. They just don't look like the same Tampa team. A, I think they're missing Ryan McDonough, who's now with Nashville. And B, not having Tony Sorelli in that lineup is a big-time difference for Tampa, albeit they can flip that switch in like two weeks from now and everything I say you could just be laughing at. And then you have teams like Buffalo, hot start, shitty end of their road trip in Seattle. They got pounded last night. I think Detroit's a much better team. Dominic Kubelik's been a massive, massive story coming over via free agency, especially with Bertuzzi and Verona down right now for Detroit. And then you look at Ottawa, right? Like I, I just think in general that division is wide open and it's there for the taking and the Maple Leafs should be gunning for anything at this point in time. At the very least, I can tell you, Rosie, covering this team the last couple of years, they should not be in the game of trying to pick their postseason opponent. And it is perfect with the topic of today's show because I don't think anything's given to this team is what I'm trying to say. <clears throat> no, nothing's given in this league in general, you know, and you know, you touch yeah. on the lightning there, the success they've had for a long time and that sustained success is really difficult to do. Um, and like you say, their their core isn't uh, isn't quite what it was, but, you know, they've come off to a bit of a struggle and, and that happens. It's, uh, you know, maybe a bit of a hangover from years of success, like big time success. Um, and then you look at, uh, you know, with Boston coming out and like they just they're just a well-rounded organization. They've just sustained success. They can keep keep making little runs at it. They've had some big years, you know, back, you know, in the last decade or, or a little bit more winning cups and everything. And they're just pretty well-rounded. And But like you say, when you, when you look at the middle of that thing, it's kind of up for grabs. There's kind of a well-rounded, you know, everyone's kind of seeing who's the big boys. There's no one that's, that's running away with it. There's no one that's untouchable. Um, anyone can slip down to the bottom there with a bad week. And anyone can jump up high if they go on, you know, a three, four game win streak. All of a sudden you're up at the top of that division. So I totally agree that it's up for grabs. And obviously watching what we watch, you just want, uh, you want this Maple Leafs roster to, to start to put something together and, you know, get your, get your stars going and start to steal games and really steamroll teams like I think they're capable of. It's just a consistency issue so far. I can't believe November is next week. Like it's it's really really crazy how quickly time is flying. And next thing you know, it won't be early anymore in this NHL world. Uh, meantime, the wrap up is brought to you by our friends at PointsBet Canada. There it is. We got to get Alex to do just a sound effect to bring us in. Cha-ching! Here comes the money. The shit. Yeah, exactly. The Shane McMahon theme song. I don't know if you're a wrestling guy, but that would be tremendous. Um, I got to give you credit before I get into it, because on yesterday's show, I took the wild puck line and you just talked about the fact in the betting world, you're just praying for that guy to score the empty netter. And I think Joel Erickson Eck with 31 seconds left gives us the puck line victory. Man, that felt really good. Isn't that beautiful when that happens? Yeah, I'm always uh, I always find myself taking that and then it's a closer game than you thought and you're just screaming at the TV where it's an empty netter and you're just wanting them to yard sale it. But 
Um, you know, it doesn't always happen, but obviously it came through that time. Those are the, those are the funnest wins It's guaranteed wins. And you're watching the guy just cruise to the empty netter and pot it. So I wasn't watching that game, but I, uh, was good to see that we, uh, we covered there. Plus money. Thank you very much for tonight's look. It's a, a, um, for tonight's look, it's a light slate in the NHL. There's not much going on, but for me, there is, I am going to St. Louis. I want the Edmonton Oilers money line in that game. Reason number one, back on Saturday in Edmonton, St. Louis goes in. I think they tossed the perfect game. They were tremendous. A 2-0 victory. They shut down McDavid and company. And number two, I can't remember the last time Connor McDavid was was held pointless in back-to-back games. And that's what St. Louis is looking at tonight. So I think the Oilers are going to have a bounce-back effort against the Blues. And I'm looking at the value around even money last time I checked. I like the Edmonton Oilers on the road in St. Louis. And it's probably just a McDavid factor. I'll be honest about it. Yeah, I hear you. It's uh, I think it's going to depend on their start. I might wait for uh, for the game to get going and see what happens in that first five or ten minutes and and see what the line does. Because my God, can this team ever come out, lay an egg, and be down two, three, mm-hmm. nothing? And it looks like, wow, you just you just mailed it in today, and this is going to be a tough one for the Oil. Who knows how bad this is going to get? And then you get McDavid and Dreisaitl and some of those guys just to do their thing. And all of a sudden, bing, bing, bing. Like I was over at a, a dinner their last game there and they're, what was it, 3-1. And then mm-hmm. next time I turn around, it's like 5-3 Oilers. And it was just, you know, the way they can turn it on with their firepower and their offense. And let's be honest, that guy, Connor McDavid, um, anything can happen. So I, I like that play with them, but I'm going to wait and just see what happens. If, if they lay another egg, you could really get that money line really hard and, and then just hope that they do it again and, uh, and come back with some, some firepower to, uh, to end up winning the game. But that's not a winning strategy to keep relying on that to come out and lay an egg and you know kind of shit the bed for the first 10 minutes, first period of the game, and then <laughs> expect Connor to do that every single night. It's, uh, it's not a winning formula, but it seems to be what they're doing lately. So uh, I like to play with them winning, but like I said, I'm going to wait and do a little bit of a live bet and see if we can get those uh, get that uh, value up a little bit. I will like uh, I, I like that angle quite a bit, uh, and I was texting with you off air. I actually hit the live line against Pittsburgh when they were down three two the other night. They go on to win, and if you see like a trend like that, might as well jump on it, especially a team like Edmonton, who we know can score goals. And I should add too, like the Blues are an absolute wagon on home ice. So this is a big time heat check for yours truly. I know I've been rather successful on my uh, points bet Canada bets of the day so far. I don't know how I feel about this. You know, I'm probably half half in terms of mentality if this this bet's going to hit. It's not my tightest bet that I've put out there. Um, but again, I have faith in Connor McDavid. I have faith in a guy who is by far the best player on the planet. So that's my look today. Tail, if you'd like, let us know if you'd like the tail or fade me. Um, the Edmonton Oilers money line, money line, important to stress that, not so much the puck line against the St. Louis Blues, but the Blues are a wagon on home ice. But that's a pivotal game there in the Western Conference. Uh, again, I should mention, too, if you want to get interactive with us, you can uh, leave us a message, your thoughts, your comments, your concerns, a question for us moving forward in this Maple Leaf season. We're just seven games in, but again, it's it's already felt like it's been an eternity. So make sure to plop that right in the chat. We'll bring it up here on air. Should ask you, too, uh, have you been on one of those California swings? Yeah, totally. It's... Uh... It's a good trip. Guys look forward to it. And usually it's kind yeah. of an extended stay because you're going to go out there and, uh, you know, deal with that time change. And, you you know, when we went out there, we'd stay in Malibu. You'd stay at like Shutters is like some famous 
place in Malibu, apparently, but pretty nice hotel. Go down there, and uh, and then you know you're you're a quick drive into LA, quick drive to uh, to Anaheim. You know you're closer to San Jose, and you just kind of set up shop there for a few days, and then you know guys are cruising on the the beach bikes down the paths, and they're going out for dinner, and you're seeing you know some like i don't want to say celebrities and stuff but you see people that are recognizable you know eating at these different establishments and it's kind of a a fun time to get out there and set up shop and you know get away from a hockey hub or canadian winters or whatever and kind of set up shop in california it's it's definitely when you kind of look forward to yeah i think they tend to go fishing quite a bit when they do this california road trip it usually happens later on in the season correct me if i'm wrong and I, i just wonder how many ISO shots we'll see uh, on Thursday of, of both Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe? How, how many? How much B-roll do you think we're going to see on those two guys? I'm fucking tired of it. I'll be honest. Like those guys are real, irrelevant, yeah, in my opinion, to Leafs history. I know they're legends, but like they didn't do much for the Leafs. Yeah. Well, I think they're more legends in uh, in San Jose in San than Jose. anything. So I, yeah. I think when they come into town, they'll kind of put together that storyline and show them in both mm-hmm. uniforms and whatnot. But yeah, I understand. I think those guys are probably enjoying themselves just going fishing nonstop right now. So they're probably enjoying yeah. life and out of this market and out of this spotlight. So I imagine, uh, I wonder who they're cheering for, actually, if uh, who their wagon is these days now that they're not putting in the time with either organization. Yeah, they're just chilling out. I think I think Thornton still hasn't officially retired, by the way. He might be even skating with San Jose, but there's nothing cooking there. Uh, I just... I hope for Toronto's sake, and I can tell you watching the game last night, Timo Meyer still doesn't have a goal. That guy is horny for shots right now. He's shooting from everywhere. And just because it's the Leafs, I could see Meyer scoring his first goal of the season tomorrow. Like I, I'm, I'm telling you, he was throwing everything but the kitchen sink at Vegas in the third period. I was on Vegas yesterday, by the way. Aiden Hill making his return to San Jose. They win that game with a back-to-back. Bruce Cassidy has just done a tremendous job. He's such a good coach. We saw it with Boston for years, now with the Vegas Golden Knights. But they better take care of San Jose. I, I, I'm, I'm tired of using the phrase trap game, but it really is because San Jose's crap this year. I'm telling you, they're going to be in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Yeah, that's kind of the the theme around them for sure. And yeah, like you, the trap game. I mean, Toronto's kind of famous for falling for those, right? But um, you know, hopefully they're they're learning their lesson going in there after you know a tough loss in Vegas, and they're ready to redeem themselves and you know not go down to that 500 hockey. And, you know, trap game or not, it's hard not to look at the standings and the abilities of the team that you're playing and to kind of say, oh, what's this what's this game going to look like? And then kind of assume, yeah, well, yeah, we're going to be, you know, we're going to be rolling them. We're going to be, you know, smothering them. It's it should be, you know, a lot of opportunity to work on this and that. And and then all of a sudden you show up and you're just kind of waiting for that to happen and it doesn't happen because you know no team in the nhl lays down and dies and the san jose sharks aren't going to so i just hope they get that maturity throughout their roster to understand that you got to bring it against every single team you got to bring it against the arizona coyotes you got to bring it against san jose sharks and hopefully they've learned their lesson and they're a little bit pissed off from from you know their effort in in vegas and I'm looking for them to to come out hot. I'm looking for Matthews to have a couple of points, hopefully a couple of goals, and you know time will tell. I like your thinking. We'll leave it at that. Again, we'll be back on Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern time. We'll tee up Leafs and Sharks from the Shark Tank, and also a special guest, pro poker legend Daniel Negreanu, will drop by. We're going to touch base with them a bit later on today. We're going to play that for you tomorrow. Big time Vegas Golden Knights fan, obviously living in Vegas, but. 
He's a Toronto Maple Leafs fan at heart. That's where he grew up. So we'll, uh, we'll talk with Daniel Negreanu coming up tomorrow. For Jay Rosehill, I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for listening. Take care. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.